Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr., and today we want to continue talking about our focus moment, which is pride. Today we are discussing the danger of ambition. The danger of ambition. Um, we're going to start in a unique place today. We want to talk about Satan for a little bit here, and then we're going to parlay this over uh, into the scriptures. Well, we know that when God created mankind, mankind was God's ultimate creation in that man was called and purposely created to carry the presence of God in creation. Okay. The angels were created. The Bible says that aren't all angels ministering spirits sent forth to serve those who are the heirs of salvation. So the purpose of the angels, and this includes Satan, was to serve the heirs of salvation. Well, that's where Satan had a problem. Satan believed that the angels should have been the ones to receive the dominion, uh, to be the sons of God, to administrate God's kingdom in creation. And of course, his thought and the way he felt infected and influenced one-third of heaven's angels. And immediately, God squashed that rebellion very quickly. He kicked them out of the highest heavens. Typically, you know the highest heavens is the third heaven. And then he kicked them out into this place called the second heaven. And we know the second heaven is where they're allowed to remain invisible to the eye. But there's a time coming that ultimately they will be kicked out of the second heaven into the earth. That's in the book of Revelation. And so may uh, so it's important to understand that they operate from a place of an, an, an anonymity uh, from the second heavens, they are still invisible and have that advantage over us. But with Holy Spirit, everything they do, we can see. We can see. Now, God squashed that rebellion because Satan wanted to be more than who God created him to be. So one of the things we realize is that when you want to be more than what God created you to be, that Voids your purpose in creation. Voids your purpose. And guess what God does? Boop! Kick you out. You lost. You lose. Because without God's purposes and outside of God's purposes is death. It's ultimately death. Okay? So now, parlay this down to Adam and Eve. The serpent kicked out. Serpent goes down. He's going to prove his point. And his point is that man is an untested, untried being. So he attacks them by saying, look, if you eat this fruit, you shall be like gods. You shall be, you shall know good and evil like God. It'll make you wise. So that's why it says it was pleasant to the eyes. One to be desired to make one wise. It would it looked pleasant. Um it was it looked pleasant to eat. I couldn't, it's Genesis chapter 3, but basically the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life was right there. And of course, Adam and Eve, what? Wanted, clearly wanted to be more. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to be more, want to be wise like God. They were already like God. They were made in his image and his likeness, but they wanted to be more. And when they wanted to be more, sin crept in and death came in too, right? Because he says, if you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely, what, die. They died instantly at that moment. You may say, well, no, they didn't. They kept walking the earth. I believe Adam lived for, what, 900 years, something like that. 
but they were still walking around. How did death come in instantly? Because they, because they became separated from God. And when you become separated from God, that's a condition called death. Because God gave you life. They became the walking dead, if you want to put it like that. And so, of course, God said that they will work by the sweat of their brow. The woman will bring forth um, children in sorrow. The, the seed of the woman, which is, of course, Christ, will crush the authority and, the, and, and he shall bruise his heel. That speaks of the coming of Christ and how the authority of Christ in the kingdom will crush the authority of Satan. Okay. Now, ultimately, you have all these people that's being born after Adam. We talked about Seth, Cain, and Abel, all these people. And then, ultimately, we get to the Tower of Babel. And we know the beginning of the Tower of Babel is a man named Nimrod. Nimrod was a conqueror. He called them a mighty man before the Lord. But Nimrod was a person that hunted men. Uh, he was a hunter of men, and God did not make us hunters of men. He made us what? Fishers of men. Okay, that's difference. And um, Nimrod uh, was was evil. He was an evil person. And when we look at it, it says that the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So let's look at Babel right now. It says this in Genesis chapter 11. Let's get it real quick. It says, in the whole earth, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, talking about the kingdom of Babel, the people that were of the kingdom of, of Nimrod, descendants of Nimrod. It says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, go, watch the language. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, which lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The people were united in one. To do what? They wanted to reach to the heavens. They wanted to reach it. Why would they want to build a tower to reach the heaven? That would, like, why? Well, think about it. What did man lose? He lost the relationship with God. He lost dominion with God. And man's understanding of where God resided was in what? Heaven. So naturally, what they did was, let's build us a tower to get to heaven. And in us building a tower... We make us a name. These were a people who lacked identity. But one thing they had was ambition. They worked together out of the pride because guess what? They tried to reach God by their own strength and by their own power. And when you become purposeless and ambitious, the first thing you begin to do is you begin to waste resources you waste time, you waste your energy on something that has no eternal value. Let me say that again. When you are purposeless, ambitious, because when I say purposeless, meaning this, when you do things outside of the will of God, when you're not living under the purposes of God, life has no meaning. 
Why? Because when God created you, he gave you a purpose and a destiny to live out on the earth as a, as, as a, as a part of the ultimate plan of this corporate body of Christ. Well, when you believe that, well, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I, I sinned, but you know what? I'm going to reach back to heaven. I'm going to get up there to God. I'm going to do it in my own strength and in my own way. And guess what? To think about it, if they would have tried to build a tower to heaven, ultimately they would have ran out of air before it even hit Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> they would have died. But the work they were doing was purposeless. But in their minds, their purpose was to reach God in their own strength. And that is purposeless. It doesn't have any value whatsoever. And this is one of the first signs of the effects that would be seen on the earth called religion. Religion, yes. Because religion always tries to get you to go to heaven. It always tries to get you to make heaven or nirvana as they call it. Some people and some religions call it paradise. That's the goal. For the sons of God, that is not the goal. Listen to me, that's not the goal. It's a byproduct of salvation that when you die, you enter into the presence of God and you go to heaven if you're in Christ. But that's not the goal. The goal, and Paul made it very clear, is that you be found in him not having a righteousness of your own. Because you've been baptized by one spirit into one body. You're baptized into the body of Christ. Your salvation is about being reconciled back to God as his sons. That's why he said the glory of the latter house, body of Christ, shall exceed that of the former house, which is natural Israel. That's why Jesus would say in three days, I will raise up this temple. I will raise up this body. That's why he would call for judgment on the temple in Jerusalem because that is the latter. The greater is here, which is the body of Christ. But guess what? Being purposeless and ambitious will lead you down a path of not, of everything you're working for, everything you're doing, being burned because the Bible says every man's work shall be tried in the fire. And when you're living a prideful life, when you're doing everything by the sweat of your brow and believing you, 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 I don't need God. I can do it on my own. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. It means nothing will be burned because it has, it has, it'll have no eternal value to it. None. None at all. When it comes to ministry, let's make a slight detour because, you know, in the world, you don't, you definitely don't want to be purposely ambitious. But the worst place to be purposely ambitious is in ministry, inside the body of Christ. We have an issue with people who are very ambitious. One of the things I know is when we look at Jesus and we think about how he selected disciples, none of the disciples were looking to be selected. Think about that. None of them were like, oh, Jesus, pick me, pick me. I, I want to follow you, Jesus. Pick me, pick me, pick me. No. Jesus selected people who weren't looking to be selected. Leaders, let me say this to you very 
very slowly, very carefully. When you have people who desire positions of influence and they're overly ambitious, oh, I can make a good, I'll be a good pastor for you. I can lead your people. I can preach. I can dig. That's the person you need to be warned about off the top. Because it's all about them. See, the Bible says if you desire to be chief of all, you must be what? Servant all. See, some of these people don't even want to serve people. They want to be over people. They want to control people. They want to put people under their thumb. And when you have an ambitious person who's always looking for power and position, those are the people you best not exalt. Because the person who should be exalted is the one that's been what? Humbled. Because God exalts the humble. He exalts the humble. So be careful. Be mindful. Please, let me tell you something. Be mindful of people who want to be leaders. Who want to be pastors. Who want to be worship leaders. Who want, want, want. You can see it. Like they're hungry and they're thirsty. And the problem is with that is that I mean, they got this itch that they, they want to be. First thing I'm going to tell you right now, a person like that is struggles in their identity as a son. They do. Because they're looking for a place to be seen and to be validated. No, no, no. Don't ever exalt someone like that. Don't. Because everything they do will be by their own strength, by their own way. And what they're looking for is the validation of men that they're okay. And that's one of the ways that homosexuality has crept into the church. Because we value people's talent above their soul. Yeah. So then we let the spirit of ambition kick in. And we're going to keep talking about this. This is not the last time we're going to talk about the danger of ambition this month. But I just want to lay out for you. You got to be very, very careful of who you connect yourself with. Who you get yoked up with. The people in Babel work together as one. But what they were working together on ultimately has no eternal value. And they tried to reach God their own way, their own method instead of the way that God would. And that would be that God would come down through Jesus Christ, to redeem and to reconcile fallen man back to himself as sons. That was God's plan. That was how he was going to do it. He prophesied in the garden. He told Abraham that in his seed shall all the nations be blessed. The seed is Christ. That's where our purpose lies. It lies in Christ, in God. So I urge you, be mindful, be careful, because pride will always position you to believe it's by your own strength and your own works. I listen to me. I know as a, as a son, my mother, and my, my mother, my father, my grandparents taught me about praying. And there was a time in pharmacy school that I thought I was just getting it done. And God had to humble me and show me, no, you can do nothing outside of me. Don't you ever forget me. When I, began, when I began to be lifted up in my pride, he brought me down. Even in my professional time, 
when I started out, I was just hot for God and doing all the right things and everything. And all of a sudden, it became more about me, how I wanted to do things, how I wanted it done, how I, 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 I. And guess what? God humbled me. And guess what? I accepted the correction. I accepted humility. And it was six years before God would bring me back to a position that he wanted me to be in. Six years. And that was fine. Because I had to understand and never ever forget that I do nothing of myself. I humble myself because he is the king. He is our heavenly father. He is our ruler. And I do nothing of myself. It is only by the grace of God and him working through me that I'm able to do what I can do. And say what I say. And share the, the wonderful message of the kingdom. It's only by his grace. I am because of I am. So, um, so I urge you, don't be prideful. Don't be ambitious, overly ambitious. Don't be more than who God created you to be. And if you don't know who God created you to be, very simple. Just ask him. Ask him. Because he don't want you living a purposeless life. A purposeless life voids your role and your purpose in creation. The enemy doesn't want you to live a purposeful life. The enemy does not want you to live that. So he'll do everything to appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to keep you in that prideful state, to keep you in that overly ambitious state, always working but never really being effective. Feel like you're being pulled in a thousand places, but it seems like you just don't have any direction. Don't stay in that. That's chaos. Ask God. Pray. Seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. And he has promised that he said he would, in this place, he would hear from heaven and heal the land. So I urge you, especially leaders in the body of Christ, be, be leery of overly ambitious, ambitious people who are looking to be leaders in the body of Christ. Tell you right now, I can tell you, I was not. <laughs> people, I was not looking for where I am today, and it's only I know the only reason I am, I am who I am today, is because of Him, because of the Father, because of Jesus Christ, because of His grace and His mercy and His compassion. Through all the mess I've made and through all the mistakes I've made, His mercy, His compassion, was there. His correction was there to help get me back on the right path. And I humbled myself to that. So I urge you to do the same. Do not be purposeless and ambitious. Don't be that way. But be humble and receive the grace of God and walk in the purpose field and destiny that God has prepared for you. May God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Starship podcast.